I'd like for us to look this morning at the commandments of God. Let's look at the Ten Commandments and read chapter 20 of Exodus. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I am the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. This in the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto those thousands of them that love me, and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, thy manservant nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle nor the stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, that ye sin not. So I think with the reading of that through from chapter 20 of Exodus, verse 1 through verse 20, I think I would just like to stop reading there and, and talk about God's commandments. We find in verse 6, and shown, and he said, And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. He, well, and let's go back and read verse 5 and 6. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So I'm very grateful this morning to be here and to know that God has mercy upon those of us that love Him. When we look at God's Word and God's commandments, um, I realize that many people today do more of what's right in their own eyes. And they have developed this theory today that what is right for me may not be right for you, but you know, they just develop their own, what's right in their own eyes is basically what that's saying. Everybody, and they're kind of promoting that today in the day and time that we live, that everybody determine what's right, and that's okay. But God's Word sets standards, 
and men do not do well unless we have standards. And if we don't obey God's Word, we find that there's suffering for that. I would like, I think, first of all, to just look at how men look at things many times, and that's what's right in their own eyes. So I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on these verses, I don't think, but I'd like to read some of them to you. Numbers 15:39, And it shall be unto you for a fringe, that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord, and do them, and that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which you used to go a whoring. That tells us a lot about people that want to just determine what's right in their own eyes instead of using, thus saith the word of God and his standards. I think if you'll notice, the laws of the land that we live in are based upon God's Ten Commandments. There's laws against murder, theft, and various things that we find in God's Ten Commandments. And we know that immorality stems from disobeying these commandments, and it's very destructive to a people and to its nation, to our nation. Deuteronomy 12:8, Ye shall not do after all the things that we do here this day, every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. We have specific from God's Word that tells us to not just do whatever is right in every man's eyes. Judges 17.6, In those days there was no king in Israel, so they felt that they didn't have much authority over them. But every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Judges 21.25, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Job 32.1, So these three men ceased to answer Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. Psalm 36.2, for he flattereth himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. Proverbs 3, 7, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. I think we could look at that. Be not wise in thine own eyes and fear the Lord and depart from evil and realize that it's evil for men to just be wise in their own eyes. But we should base our life upon thus saith the word of God. You know, Jesus didn't come to do away with the Ten Commandments, but he fulfilled them because he was perfect and he was able to obey them. And he gave his life for us that we might also be righteous before God. Proverbs 12:15: The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Proverbs 16:2: All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Proverbs 21.2 Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. Proverbs 30.12 There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and yet is not washed from their filthiness. Isaiah 5.21 Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes, and prudent in their own sight. That's all the verses I want to mention to you. I know that's a lot, but it gives you a very good idea of how we as men by our own nature, if we are not lovers of God, if we're not born of the Spirit of God, how men act. And even sometimes men, because we do have two natures, that are lovers of God can also disobey God and start trying to determine what's right in their own eyes, in our own eyes, rather than looking to God and His Word and obeying God. Let's look now 
something that would be a contrast to this being right in our own eyes. I think, first of all, I'd like to go to Ecclesiastes. And you know, chapter 12, verse 1, I know that you've heard it many times. It talks about, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not. Now the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. Well, of course we know that we need to remember our Creator, not just in our youth, but all the days of our lives. Let's read the last two verses of that chapter. Verses 13 and 14 of chapter 12. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. This was written, of course we believe God's, that was part of God's Word, which was inspired by God, but also this was written by a very wise man. Solomon, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. It doesn't say fear God and keep his suggestions or to fear God and if you want to, if it, if you're able to determine that it's right in your eyes. It says fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. That's the conclusion of the whole matter. That's, that's the conclusion of what we should be doing. That's the conclusion of this extremely wise man's writings, which were inspired by God. That's the conclusion of what our lives should be about as we go forth and as we labor each day. It's the conclusion of the whole matter, of the whole duty of man. It tells us, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So we must face God's judgment for every work that we do. doesn't matter what someone says, oh, yeah, well, but, you know, so-and-so, and this is okay. We're not judging, shouldn't be judging ourselves based upon what somebody says or what somebody, some man writes, but what thus saith the Word of God. So we know that the greatest commandment, as we find in the New Testament, is to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. So love is a great, important in all the matters that we do. And it's part of us keeping God's commandments. It's part of what we do every day. It's very... And when we live in a world that's unjust, mean and hateful, it's hard to deal with some of these things sometimes. But we do know what the conclusion of the whole matter is and how we should be living. So we should obey God and keep His commandments. And as Christ also tells us, when he was and left for us when he was on earth, he left his words that we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that seeds out of the mouth of God. So we should be looking at what saith the word of God and not just trying to figure out something in our own eyes that would justify us doing what we would like to do and what we think is right. Romans 13, we want to talk about the contrast to looking in our, through our own eyes at things. And I want to again give you several verses. And if you like, you can go back and study or read some of these further in their context. But I'm not going to go into a lot of detail with them, but just bring them to our attention how we should obey God. That every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, 
and thou shalt have praise of the same. Of course, as a rule, and I'm not sure how to explain this, or that I would, I haven't studied down and gone into a lot of details, but we do know that sometimes there are evil and bad rulers, but we're still to do that which is right and that which is good. But here in the Word it says, rulers are not a terror of good works, but to the evil. So I think mostly we can consider that as the laws that we know that are right, like not committing murder, and the rulers over those laws and trying to make sure that they are obeyed. They are a terror to that evil. Deuteronomy 11:27, A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And then the next verse, 11:28, And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command, command you this day, to go after other gods which you have not known. Deuteronomy 13 and 4, Ye shall walk after the Lord your God, and fear him, and keep his commandments, and obey his voice, and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. I'm really thankful that I see each one of you present today laboring to serve him, obey him, and to please him. Thou shalt therefore obey the voice of the Lord thy God, and do his commandments. This is Deuteronomy 27 and 10. Thou shalt therefore obey the voice of the Lord thy God, and do his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Deuteronomy 28:62. And ye shall be left few in number, whereas ye were as the stars of heaven for multitude, because thou wouldest not obey the voice of the Lord thy God. Just showing the importance of our obeying God and following him. And I know that many times, we make mistakes and we have to ask for forgiveness. But we don't need to wallow in our mistakes or our failures. We need to press on in the kingdom of God, asking for forgiveness and mercy and being forgiven and merciful ourselves. Deuteronomy 30:20, That thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice and that thou mayest cleave unto him for he is thy life and the length of thy days. That thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. For he is thy life, it says in this verse 20. We'd obey him and cleave unto him. I want to look quickly at a verse in the New Testament. That is Acts 17:28. The part of that verse that says, In him we live and move and have our being. So we only exist because he allows us to and we're in him. So we should cleave unto him, for he is our life, as we just read in Deuteronomy. But in him we live and move and have our being in Acts 17:28. Joshua 24:24, and the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. Judges 2:17, and yet they would not hearken unto their judges, but they went whoring after other gods and bowed themselves unto them. They turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. So as you labor in your life to obey God's commandments, and maybe you work with others who do not, and you get discouraged as you try to do the right things, remember that you are encouraging to God and to his people. You know, we talked about Job here recently. God was very pleased with Job. He looked down upon him. He even told Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? So as we labor and serve in the world, 
I hope our desire is that God can look upon us and be pleased and be pleased with what our examples are and what we're striving to do. Not that we're perfect, but that we're striving to do the right things. First Samuel twelve fourteen. If you will fear the Lord and serve Him and obey His voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall both ye and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. You will continue to follow the Lord if you obey Him and serve Him and fear Him and not rebel against His commandments. So it's important for us to learn God's Word and to know it so we will know how to obey Him, so we'll know what to do, so we'll know the right things. It's important for us in all of our circumstances to look to see what saith the Word of God and seek to do it and obey it. As we've learned in James, we should be doers of the Word and not hearers only. We should be looking as we read God's Word, how can I put this in practice in my life? What can I do? to honor my God from this word that he has given me. He's graciously given us his word, a roadmap as it were to the life that we should live, something to guide us that we might know how to live and what to do, how to function, how to act when we make a mistake, how to act as we go about our daily lives. Nehemiah, let's see. Well, I'll go ahead and read a verse here in Second Kings. 18.12, Because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord their God, but transgressed his covenant, and all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded, and would not hear them, nor do them. So they had to face consequences because they did not obey God. Nehemiah 9.17, And refused to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks, and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and forsakest them not. Isaiah 50.10 Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness, and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord, and stay upon his God. Jeremiah 3.13 Only acknowledge thine iniquity, that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God, and hast scattered thy ways, to the strangers under every green tree, and ye have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. I'm about through reading these, but here's a, about three more that I want to read that I believe are very good for us to pay attention to. Jeremiah 7:23. But this thing commanded I then, saying, Obey my voice, I will be your God, and ye shall be my people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. Jeremiah 7:28. But thou shalt say unto them, This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. Truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. It's very frightening sometimes whenever we see the nation going the wrong way. Jeremiah 26:13. Therefore now amend your ways and your doings, and obey the voice of the Lord your God, and the Lord will repent him of the evil that he hath pronounced against you. So I remember, I think we all remember, and I believe it's in Deuteronomy where the Lord's Word teaches us that if we, His people, would turn from our wicked ways and seek His face, then will He hear us if we will obey Him, and He will heal our land. Our land certainly needs healing, and we certainly need some more people, not looking to what they believe is right in their own eyes, but looking to God's Word that we might somehow please our God that made us and it created this world we live in, and it provides all the good things that we enjoy. In 
We started out reading the Ten Commandments this morning, and I know we recently went through periods that the world or a nation and at least has set aside for Mother's Day and Father's Day. We know in verse 12 of Exodus chapter 20, it says, Obey your parents, obey your father and mother. I'll go back and read it quickly. Honor thy father and thy mother. I guess we should say honor rather than obey there. That I just mentioned, but I should have said honor. And that includes obeying when you're young particularly, but it always includes honoring them no matter how old you are. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The first commandment was promised. If we honor our parents, our days will be long. Well, God gave us families. He created the, gave us the institution of marriage that we might have families that we might learn to function and live and know how to function in life and that we might be able to face the days before us so parents love their children and nurture them and bring them up and we're to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But as you notice, in many cases, families have begun to decay, have decayed. Homes have decayed all because of not keeping God's Word not following after the, what he has set up and what he has provided for us. So when families begin to decay, the nation begins to decay. But yet I think we would all notice it first in the communities where we live. People start looking for someone to give them things that they may live rather than them working for it. They're looking for welfare. Sometimes it appears that people are starting in families without a father in the home and continue in that line for years in their lives having children so that they can collect welfare tax. We don't know the motives of everyone or the situation for everyone, but we can see that there's a great, great falling away from fathers and mothers being in the home. It's a great falling away because of immorality and people having children out of wedlock which should never, never, ever be. And we see great debts mounting up in our nation, debts that are not affordable, that can bankrupt this nation if we don't find a way to turn it around. And a lot of those debts are based upon giving funds that we don't really have to people that think they deserve handouts. So we first notice it in a community. We notice it first in the home, which is, I guess, the first institution that God ever set up. We first notice the decay starts there. So we could say in our communities, in the way that we're divided up in this nation, we could say in our, then in our county, then in our city, then in our state, then our nation. So with time it gets to where you see it in the whole nation like it is today, we're in deep trouble. I know that we, and we all want to love and have mercy upon others. We want to help those in need. But sometimes helping people is teaching them, like the old saying goes, you give a man a fish and you give him one meal, but you teach him how to fish and he can provide for himself the rest of his life. It'll keep him from starvation. So if we get away from teaching what God's Word says about how if we don't work, we don't eat, it just kind of all falls apart because it's not part of God's plan. It's not what God designed us to be. When he first put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he gave them some work to do. He told them to dress and keep it. Not just to 
not just that they were to obey him, but that's included, but not just that they weren't to eat of a certain tree, I might say, but they were to dress and keep that garden. And I don't think he's ever changed that. Wherever we live, we were talking about the men cleaning the church building. We're to dress and keep. We're to work. Much of that work is brought on by sin that we inherited from Adam, but God still gives us great blessings if we obey him. We find in our readings this morning that our disobedience and doing things from our own eyes instead of God's ways, what that leads to, but that obedience brings many blessings. So some of the things that I'd like to end with now is in obeying God's commandments and in remembering our parents. Our parents aren't perfect or were not. My parents have gone on from this life, but we're still to honor them. And I know that as you get older, many of us, you know, we learn and sometimes we wish we had honored our parents more than we did or even sometimes when we're busy and they're still living, we wish that we could do more for them and help them more. So no matter how old we are, we should always honor our parents and those of our brothers and sisters, no matter how old they are, but realize that many times as we get older, we aren't able to do as much as we once could do. But sometimes older folks can still, even our parents, if they're still living, can still give us good advice. Perhaps if they're not able to do that, we can still love them and show honor to them. And we should. I remember a story, and I've probably told this before, but a child being ashamed of maybe it's your mother because of scars they had or or asking their mom maybe one story goes about why she wears certain parts of her body covered and maybe a child being ashamed. But then when they find out that that parent had gone into a fire to save them and that's how they got their scars, then they're no more ashamed. Parents do many things for their children. We, when we were babies, do not remember how they've taken care of us, but we know that if we weren't cared for, we wouldn't be here. If we weren't loved, we wouldn't be here. So as long as they're able to give us advice or give us their opinion, it's good for us to ask them. Not only do we learn from them on that basis, because many times they've gone down roads that we haven't traveled yet, and they can give us information that lets us know where the landmines are, so to speak, or so that we can avoid trials that we would face if we don't listen to their advice. So you ask them for their advice, and I'll guarantee you, You'll be honoring them, and they'll know, even in their old age, that you love them and you honor them and you respect them. And you help care for them. I see my wife caring for her parents and spending a lot of time with them, even though we live quite a distance from them. And I know that she knows they weren't perfect, and they weren't what she wanted sometimes whenever she was growing up. But she still honors them. So may we learn from these things to obey God, keep His commandments, to love Him, to love our neighbors ourselves, thinking of others and considering others as we go forth in our daily lives because of all the great love that God's given us and for His given us instructions on how to live and what to do. It shows honor to Him when we obey those instructions and those words and we're not just trying to figure out a way of what's right in our own eyes. But we should do it in love and mercy, caring for His people, for one another, this you know, that you're one of His.
if you love Him and keep His commandments. So may God add His blessings to His Word and may we be encouraged from His Word and give Him praise and glory. Thank you for your attention and 